The more I look at Auburn's 2023 signing class, the more I love it. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen Every single day we're talking recruiting with John Garcia as we do every few weeks. And I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football and college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. John, the more I look at some of these kids that are da- doing all these all-star games, the more pumped I get about what Hugh Freeze and his staff have been able to do in the first few weeks of his uh, of him manning the post as, as the head coach, specifically with the guys in this this All-American game. When you look at Keldrick Falk, you look at Darren Reed, you look at Kay and Lee, and we'll start with Keldrick Falk. And what he's done as far as a football player is, is obviously impressive. That's just what's going to happen whenever he lines up and puts pads on. But weighing in at 270, you and I were talking briefly before we clicked record. I mean, just his ability and what he's been able to do in the weight room and growing as a player. You've seen it for the last four years or so, John. Yeah, Zach. Met Keldrick as as a freshman at Highland Home, long, lean, string bean type of player who you just knew, man, if if this thing all comes together, this could be a one-man wrecking crew. And my goodness, I think in the last 12 months in particular, um, you know, basketball aside, because I think that kept the weight down a little bit, Sure. Eldrick has made huge gains physically, and now he looks like he's already playing college ball in the SEC at 6'5", 6'6", 270 pounds. I was surprised by that number, just like you might have been when I saw it uh, coming out of San Antonio this week. But then you look at him, and and he's so tall and long that it's got to go somewhere, right? So this frame is, is really interesting. He lives on the edge. That's where he's most comfortable. That's where he's played his whole career working outside in heck he was even a wide receiver at times at highland home but now he keeps getting bigger so you're like how much inside work (laughs) can keldrick maybe start to add to the repertoire but the length and the physicality that he now brings at 270 it's just been tough for offensive linemen to deal with whether he is on the edge using that speed and big big time first step or working inside I saw a push-pull move that, that kind of went semi-viral the other day. Yeah. He's working a spin move inside, so he's too quick for interior blockers and still just too darn long uh, and strong for exterior blockers. So this is really uh, rounding into not only the maybe the best Auburn signee of, of this cycle, but uh, as critical a signee as Auburn has had over the last couple of years when you factor in it was a flip from Florida State. He's a local kid. Yeah. And he plays the edge, which has really been the position that you've taught me is, has been the biggest Auburn need for, for quite some time. Right. Uh, another uh, another tweet that kind of went semi-viral, to, to use your verbiage, Darren Reed creating a lot of penetration down there in, in a few videos that I've seen shared from some of those practices. And to me, this is – it kind of happened earlier in the process, so I think his signing – or his commitment that turned into a signing kind of got lost a little bit, John. But this is a really, really good player that's going to play early. Uh, similar to Keldrick, where where he, when you first see him, another four-year high school starter at a good program, Carver Columbus, one of the best in the state of Georgia, 
you saw him earlier, like, oh, this is a long, lean edge rusher. But then yeah. now as a senior, like, wait, he's also 270. So <laughs> he's another one who can work outside in or inside out, depending on, on how that projection goes. So you theoretically line him up next to Keldrick Falk one way or the other. And now all of a sudden you're talking about a, a heck of a one-two punch from a modern perspective, uh, because nowadays it's those hybrid guys that really put stress on opposing offensive line, guys that are comfortable working outside but now have the frame to play inside. And Reed is another one who fits that bill. The difference is he has more experience working mm -hmm. inside. So he's already comfortable, you know, in full gear, consistently working on the inside to, as to where Falk is a little bit more of a work on progress in that regard, even though he probably has a little bit more juice and twitch to his game. So the floor of Reed, the ceiling of Falk combined with that hybrid and tweener size is, is going to be really advantageous for, for Auburn uh, early on. Like you said, it's hard to imagine this combination not finding the field in some capacity, regardless of how the returning group and, and the portal additions look up front. Uh, just too much talent to, to keep on the bench, frankly, especially when you're talking about a transition roster and coaching staff uh, heading into year one. I'm curious to see what they're going to use Reed for. I'm assuming it's a three technique and interior defensive lineman, but you know, not the nose tackle, right? That's kind of what I'm expecting. Yeah. To do yeah, he's that, still, like, he's still he, a little lean for that. Yeah. Yeah. He probably needs 15 or 20 pounds, right? I mean, you look at like Marcus Harris and kind of how they're going to use him this year. You know, he's 293 based on last year's roster. I just looked it up for, uh, for confirmation there, but, is that what you kind of expect them to do with Reed? Or do you think maybe he'll stick a defensive end and kind of stay where he's at? He's got the frame to add a little bit more. I think that's really important yeah. here. Not as tall as Keldrick, but, you know, 6'4 or so uh, for, for Reed. So, yeah, there, he still looks long, right? So yeah. I think that provides a little bit more room to fill out. Heck, Marcus Harris in high school was a linebacker, right? So we know – these transformations are possible uh, to, to be able to add weight and utilize your strengths on the interior. So, yeah, I think long term, that's probably where you would expect Reed to end up as opposed to Falk, where I think you kind of stay in this hybrid middle of nowhere trajectory physically so that you you maintain some of that versatility because his length, his athleticism kind of stands alone among these Auburn signees. So I think you'd, you'd rather him yeah. stay a little bit leaner. And with Reed, you kind of let it let it happen as it happens, right? So initially, you're more of an inside-out guy, but then as you add that weight, you stay more permanently uh, on the interior. So I think that's where we should expect him to develop. Kane Lee had a pass, uh, pass deflection, a pass breakup that happened on the sideline and some drills that a lot of people kind of videoed. You saw like the same play from like four different angles. Everybody was videoing it and then tweeted it out, which is kind of fun to see, but he used his, uh, he kind of got beat and then used his closing speed to make up for it, which you could do at the college level. You can't do it at the NFL level. But what do you like about Kay and Lee, the athlete, right? I mean, we've talked about it as the prospect, but as far as what he's going to be able to do to give him an advantage against other players, specifically opposing wide receivers, John, what do you like about that? Yeah, I love what he does at the catch point. You know, I think. Um, you know, yeah, you could get lost in the route a little bit there, but when he arrives and the ball arrives, the timing, the instincts, the ball skills, the physicality is all there at that moment. Had a couple of pass breakups that I saw, but really the speed is what you take away from it. It's that ability to hit the gas when you need him to. So I think coupled with his size and experience all over the secondary, I'm starting to think a little bit more nickel the, the more I see mm. Kay and Lee. And, and that's so important in this day and age, Zach. I mean, think of the offenses 
that Auburn is going to face week in, week out, you know, whether you're talking Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, hello, you're going to face right. a, a lot of three, four receiver sets. So you need that nickel back who not only can aid in the run defense uh, and help set the edge, but a guy who can be comfortable laterally with a two-way go with enough makeup speed and playmaking ability to work underneath or as a trail defender. And that's something that Lee uh, showed plenty of uh, on that rep. And we've seen a lot of him do a lot of him uh, showing examples there at Cedar Grove of, of that type of playmaking ability working all over the secondary there. So I think he could still wind up as an exterior corner. But the more I see of, of his athleticism, lateral ability, and pure explosiveness, I'm starting to think a little bit more nickel could be his best fit, especially given the depth we see uh, that Auburn has at the corner position. I think he, that could be a natural spot for Can at least early uh, in his Tiger career. John, I'm getting asked over and over and over again, both in person, both through text messages, YouTube comments. Uh, should I be concerned that Jeremiah Cobb did not sign uh, during the early signing period? I want to get your thoughts on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place in the world to wager on all of your sports action. They've got a ton of different props, odds, and lines, more than anyone else. So they say. So be sure to check that out. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. John Garcia, our guest, talking all things Cruton. John, some Auburn fans concerned that Jeremiah Cobb, the star running back, most Auburn fans' favorite player in this class. Uh, didn't sign with Auburn, at least officially. Um, should there be any kind of concern amongst the Auburn fan base for this? Look, it's it's tw- now it's 2023, right? So when we talk about recruiting in this day and age, until things are officially official in every sense of the word, you are worried yeah. to a degree just because of the natural fluidity of, of the process, right? I mean, other schools calling, NIL, all this stuff. But... When you think of Jeremiah Cobb, first of all, he has never budged from from this Auburn commitment publicly, right? You know, through a coaching transition, obviously the maintenance of Cadillac Williams was really critical in that. But then you start to look at it from an analytical perspective. You you zoom out and you go, okay, if he moves on from Auburn, who are the two schools that are in the mix? We've always talked about Clemson and Georgia for Jeremiah Cobb. Well, both of those schools scrambled a little bit late in the cycle and ended up signing multiple running backs each. So from a – Numbers perspective, the biggest theoretical threats to Auburn, both galvanized and kind of spearheaded late running back recruiting recruiting wins. Um, Georgia flipped two running backs, one from UCLA, one from NC State, and Clemson picked up a couple under-the-radar types, including uh, the kid from Hanley High School in Alabama. So both of them hitting multiple running backs and getting each of them signed, I think, was another indicator that Jeremiah Cobb and that flip attempt was, was not as successful on their end to the point where they were going to be comfortable signing a couple of backs. So I think that combined with the fact that Cobb has always said, Hey, I'm signing with my teammates in February. That's just what we're doing at Montgomery Catholic. And that's kind of it. Uh, I think all of that bodes very well for Auburn to, to, you know, maintain this commitment and and win his signature here uh, in about three weeks or so. So I I think unless another school emerges, you know, Deion Sanders calls him, you know, something outside the box, I think it's pretty secure for Auburn because this was always the plan for Cobb to sign in February. Uh, and the other, again, the other schools that you you have your head on a swivel about satisfied their needs in, in multiple ways in, in that regard. So I think, yeah, I, I didn't realize that that's, um, yeah. that's huge. Cause it's kind of always been Clemson, like Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. Yes. yes. But 
Yeah, it's clear he's been made a priority. Like the first pictures of Hugh Freeze as an Auburn coach kind of out in the wild with, with him eating, eating breakfast um, with, with Jeremiah Cobb and, and Carnell Williams. So that's, uh, that's definitely, definitely a good sign. As far as, John, as far as guys being able to play early at Auburn in this class, possibly being a, either a starter or a contributor in the rotation in 2023, who are some of the guys that you like? Well, let, let's go right back to Cobb, right? I mean, when you think of making that transition from high school to college, first you, you're like, okay, what's the size, right? What, what is the frame we're working with here? Because you can't be one that you're like, hey, you got to go add 30 pounds before you can see yeah. the field. No worries there with Jeremiah Cobb. He's profiled well since his sophomore year, 5'11", 6 foot. 190 sure. pounds or so, all the production you could want at the position and a need, right? It's a need area from a depth perspective there. Um, so I, I do think he has the ability to make that transition and see the field early. And running back is one of those spots. I mean, look at Tank and, and Hunter. Running back is one of those spots where as a true freshman, you can work yourself in kind of gradually, right? You know, hey, this is your responsibility on this play. Go run it and then come right back out, right? So you can build uh, kind of slowly at the running back position. And then I think otherwise you look at some situational players, right? Guys who maybe can factor into a rotation. And I think we talked about them at the top of the show. It's those pass rushers, particularly Falk. I, I think we, when we see a kid so often, and again, we've seen him for four years, we kind of overscout mm -hmm. and we tend to look too much into it and say, ah, well, he's going to need to put on this weight. He's so raw. He does so many things for Highland home that, he hasn't really focused on pass rushing, so where is, is the technical progress? And then you watch him at the All-American Bowl, and you're like, oh, that there's plenty of technique. He's using his hands incredibly well. He's yeah. maximizing that great wingspan and length that he has. And, oh, by the way, he's 270 and can work as an outside-in pass rusher. So I think that's another player where you look at and say, it's, it's going to be tough to imagine going through the 23 season and not seeing Falk on the field in, in some capacity. So those are the two that I begin with. Uh, and then, obviously – Look, there's it's a total overhaul in the offensive line. So any one of those guys, I'd probably go Tyler Johnson first, just from a size perspective okay. as a freshman. But you know the portal's still going to giveth uh, towards Auburn here um, up front. You know the, the line on both sides of the ball has clearly been a priority for Freeze and this coaching staff through the portal. So I do think that's an area where you'll you'll continue to see some progress, and that could potentially bump out some of these freshmen. Um. I haven't asked you about this guy since we got him on the early signing day, but um, the baby goat is what we're calling him. Hank Brown, this uh, this quarterback from from Lipscomb. Do you know anything about this kid other than he's a baby goat? <laughs> well, first of all, it's a great name. I, I think, look, I think when you bring over somebody that you had committed to your last school, right, Liberty mm -hmm. Commit at one point, um, it, it brings a different level of continuity uh, and comfort. And you're talking about a Hugh Freeze quarterback. So what do you expect? High processing ability. You know, the arm is there. The size is there. All that stuff, yes. I mean, I think that's easy to see. But it's really the processing. Uh, you think of what Hugh covets at the position. You've got to be able to make those decisions quick. If you're running that RPO, read the edge, read the backer, and go, right? And now you add the fact that he was at Lipsicum, right, with Trent Dilfer, which has really mm -hmm. upped its, its passing regiment since Dilfer took over there. Now he's, of course, at UAB. Uh, and it makes you feel even better about that processing ability because that high school offense is not your typical 
high school offense. There's a lot of depth and processing needed to trigger that thing. And and, and the last years have been really efficient on top of it uh, from Brown's perspective at, at, at quarterbacking. So I think the processing and decision-making there is really critical and, and a great get there in that regard for Auburn. And obviously continuity-wise, Freeze knows what he's getting in that regard. Now, you know, the portal will still be a big deal at quarterback and all of those things, but you need yeah. depth. You need bodies, right? And and going into last year, it was what? It was one high schooler coming in and um, Gariner and a bunch of portal guys, right? So there's going to be most likely more attrition in, in that regard. So you want to be prepared to balance that out with something you're comfortable with. And in that regard, Hank, I think, is, is a great get for Auburn and Hugh specifically because of that continuity. But again, size, processing, all of that uh, is there. And the production is there, too. Extremely efficient uh, at Lipsicum this year, which uh, I think went on another state title run in, in the process. So Man, how really about Dilfer uh, saying that UAB was going to out-recruit Auburn? Do you see all that stuff? <laughs> Hey, you know, ambition is a part of the game, right? I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> no disrespect to Trent when you're outside of the state of Alabama bubble and then you jump into it, you know, um, it, it's a bit of a whirlwind, uh, but you got to be ambitious there in the meantime. Look, UAB will be more attractive maybe than it has been, especially offensively. But yeah, I think uh, I'd probably put a little bit more stock in the Tigers and their recruiting ceiling at this point. I think yeah, that's yeah, I, I think so. Hugh Freeze was there for like three weeks and got him in like the top 20. It's like, I don't know about that, yeah, Trent. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. about that. John, I want to pick your brain more about the offensive line situation in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. They've got all kinds of different flavors. All the flavors are covered 100% in chocolate. They are delicious, but all of them Low in calories. Most of the bars have 130 calories and just like four grams of sugar with 17 to 19 grams of protein. Packs a punch. Gives you that natural solid fuel that your body craves and needs to get you through the day. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar. And then you look at the label and it's actually ingredients that you can pronounce and it's good for you. It's, um, it's awesome. You get it at your local Walmart or at Sam's Club. Uh, you can head to your nearest store today and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. So be sure to check out our friends at Built Bar whenever you're out and about. John Garcia, recruiting expert himself, joining us. You mentioned Tyler Johnson being a potential guy at, that's a starter, and there's like a bunch of offensive tackles and offensive guard transfers on campus this week. Some are leaving... Uh, yesterday as this goes out, and then some are coming in today and will be here tomorrow, which is great because they'll be here for the, uh, I believe they'll be able to be here for the Auburn-Arkansas basketball game, I hope, because that'd be awesome. That would be very, very beneficial. But the assuming you don't get any more, which is ridiculous because I, I feel like Auburn's going to get three or four more guys. If Tyler Johnson's the guy, and I'm, I'm glad you said him because I've said his name before too, and a lot of people ask like, what about Braden Joyner? Like, is he ready? And so could Tyler Johnson like be ready as a guard, you think? Or is this the type of thing where Hugh Freeze and the staff are like, no, we're going to get like four transfers and start all of them on the offensive line with Jeremiah Wright? Yeah, I, I think that remains to be seen, but it probably is the most likely scenario. Again, you're talking yeah. about a transition to, to the SEC West where you, you've got to try to hit the ground running as much as possible. And in this right. day and age, Utilizing the portal is your quickest path to that. There are countless examples this year, including a team that's going to play for a national title here in a couple of days. But 
Among the freshmen, yeah, I think Johnson has the best movement skills, the greatest length to his frame. So I think that probably propels him above the rest initially. But yeah. from an interior perspective, I mean, look, with Braden Joyner and Clay Wedden, you, you know what you're getting with those guys. They're 300-pounders that are maulers that want to play inside and downhill. Now, if Joyner can snap the football a little bit more and, and really assimilate towards that center spot, I do think that's a unique path for him, and it's just not a lot of guys who who have that experience. Over Lou? Yeah, I think Over that Connor could Lou? be a move for him. Lou uh, is is a guy who's played on the inside plenty as well. I, I just think I think Lou almost moves too well to, to stick at center. Joiner mm. a little bit more compact a little bit more leverage-based in that regard. Maybe you just put them against each other and see where the chips fall. Um, but I do think Lou has a lot more upside than Joyner, whose floor might be a little bit higher. So I think Joyner and Wedden, you're ready right now, yeah. closer to being finished products. I think Lou and Johnson in particular still have a lot of work and room to to improve to where their best ball is, is well ahead of them. And then the Juco kid, Miller, Wild card, right? I mean, that's always a bit of a wild card there. Obviously older, a little bit more experienced. Conventionally has played the the offensive tackle position and has that familiarity with, with Coach Thornton, who recruited him to Ole Miss before that flip. So I think that will be interesting relative to these transfer players. But among the high schoolers, yeah, I, I think Joyner and Whedon are ready to play right now as opposed to Johnson and Lou, where I think you're going to need a little bit more time for each of them. Uh, but movement skill-wise, yeah, I'm, I'm going Tyler Johnson above yeah, with all of the tackles that Auburn's kind of trending for in the portal, the Western Kentucky kid seems to be, and he may be committed by the time this goes up, John. I mean, it, it seems like it's that close right? with um, Gunnar Britton is his name. But if they get a guy like him, you know, they went out and got Dylan Wade in the portal. Mm -hmm. is, is it Xavier Miller? Because we kind of penciled Wade and Miller as the starting tackles. But if you get it, this, this Gunnar Britton guy could play. So do they try then to move him? to guard or does Wade move to guard what do you I mean you, you've talked to Miller some did guard ever come up when you spoke to him or does he want to be a tackle he, he's more comfortable run blocking so I mean th that is something that would make a lot of sense he's well over 300 pounds so from a size pr pr perspective that would make uh, some sense especially compared to Wade who I think is a little bit leaner just built for the tackle spot right so you're not I don't think you're going to move him to the inside so i think miller could potentially do that in a pinch less experience as a pass blocker anyway especially relative to you know the kid from western kentucky which again you talk about a passing first offense that thing yeah. has been humming for years under several different coaches and coordinators so i think you much you feel much more comfortable if he jumps in the boat with him at one of the tackle spots so yeah i think miller would be the first candidate to move inside he's the biggest he's the heaviest he already plays with great leverage on top of that too so i think that would probably be a de facto move on in, in his regard. I know at Ole Miss, they were talking about some guard stuff with him initially. Don't know if that contributed to the flip, but obviously, again, same same future position coach uh, in Coach Thornton. So I do think that has probably been communicated at this point. He'd be the first candidate to move inside among the three. John Garcia, thank you so much for your time. As always, how could people give you some love, brother? Yeah, uh, let's talk ball at every level. John Garcia underscore JR on Twitter. And of course, uh, with the rest of your folks here at the, the Locked On Network. We're talking ball uh, all the time, so come join. Absolutely. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com, and we'll be back soon. This has been Locked On Auburn.